0: Hey, I'm Craig Finn. Welcome back to That's How I Remember It. We're just about to begin season three. I started this podcast in 2022. It was right when my record A Legacy of Rentals came out. That record dealt a lot with memory, the stories we tell ourselves and others, and how we build these sort of monuments to people and places that are no longer with us. These days, records come and go pretty quickly. New records come out every Friday, and I wanted to stick with these themes for a bit, as I thought they were especially interesting and relevant in today's world, where more and more is captured and documented through the internet, social media, etc. I asked some friends and other artists I admired to come speak to me about this stuff, and there was season one of That's How I Remember It. Through the process, I realized I really loved having these conversations. So I kept it going for another season, still enjoyed it a ton, and here we are. Season three of That's How I Remember It. We have a lot to talk about, um, including some live podcast recordings in two different continents and much more. The last real episode of the podcast was in late April of 2023. Since then, I've had a good and busy year with The Hold Steady. It's been our 20th anniversary as a band. We played a bunch of cool shows this year in celebration, put out an album called The Price of Progress and also a book in oral history. Uh, It's called The Gospel of the Hold Steady. The book came out really cool. I think the oral history format's interesting to consider in terms of the conversations that we have here. Stories recalled the best they can be entered into the record. The history of rock and roll has been built on whispers and legends rather than absolute scientific truths, which is why I love oral histories of bands. Check out the book if you haven't already. So the anniversary and the book have been reason to look back and examine the memories around the band. That's been super cool. Something about these round numbers, 10s and 20s, that seem to cause us to reflect. Um, you know, 19, 19 years, who cares? 20? Wow. Um, not not exactly. But, but it, it, it's interesting how those round numbers seem to... Uh, Bring about um, reflection, etc. Huge thanks to anyone and everyone who's taken part in any way of the shows, the events around our anniversary. The Hold Steady is four more shows in 2023 before we turn 21 years old. Four nights at the Brooklyn Bowl coming up. Massive nights. Great openers to be announced. You know what to do. Spend the weekend with the Hold Steady at Brooklyn Bowl. November 29th and 30th, December 1 and 2. The most wonderful time of the year every year. Most recently, The Hold Steady played Las Vegas. We had a great show with Bill to Spill on The Bill also. They sounded amazing. I love this version of the band that Doug Marsh has now, um, It's now playing with. I got to meet Doug, and he was great, which was awesome because I'm a huge fan of Bill to Spill. I brought up that I had met him once at a, before at a party in Minneapolis, probably 1994. He said he didn't remember ever being at a party in Minneapolis. And so now I'm questioning whether I'm right. But in my mind, I was sitting next to him on the couch, chatting a bit. It would have been a very early Built to Spill tour, if it even happened. That's how I remember it, anyways. Now, when I was in Vegas, I also saw U2 at The Sphere. It was excellent. It was really fabulous. Uh, a huge thanks to my friend Matt for inviting me. I'd only seen you 2 one time before this, and now I'm wondering if all this time might have been taking you 2 for granted a little bit. I mean... There in the Sphere, the whole thing seemed kind of undeniable. Chung Baby came out when I was in college. They were playing a lot of the record at, at that show at the Sphere. Obviously, that record's super popular. But when I listened to it um, before the show to kind of prepare, I realized I still knew it really, really well. And I enjoyed it a lot. U2 um, is so mammoth that it's sometimes hard to remember that at its heart, it's a very good rock and roll band. And at the Sphere, I was close enough that it sometimes felt like a club show. But then it would blast off into something much, much more. And Bono, um, Bono's a rock star. I see a lot of bands, but it's sometimes fun to see a real, live, actual rock star. A great night. Anyways, that got me thinking about something. Um, The time I saw U2 before, which was the Joshua Tree Tour in 1987. I thought I remembered something about it, so I went to the internet to verify it, to check it out. Here's what I found. On November 3rd, 1987, I saw U2 at the St. Paul Civic Center. The night before that, November 2nd, 1987, I saw REM on the document tour. Um, That was at Roy Wilkins Auditorium, also in St. Paul. I remember this because I was planning only on seeing REM, but I lucked into a U2 ticket um, at school on the day of the show. I was a junior in high school. I'd actually slept out overnight at Southdale Dayton's Ticketmaster Outlet for the R.E.M. tickets, which is a story in itself. But I think I was predisposed, due to the sleeping out, uh, to like the R.E.M. show more. Uh, I was more of a fan of R.E.M., but I thought the Joshua Tree show was pretty fun, too. Um, The crazy thing about it is, I take in these dates, is that my beloved Minnesota Twins had won the World Series only a week before that, on October 25th. And the victory parade had also been that week, October 27th. I I guess it had been Halloween that week, too. It's a good week. I just got my driver's license two months before that as well. So I was driving at all these things. Um, it was it's hard to beat that stretch. It's it's all been downhill from there. That's how I remember it, anyways. So as I come to you here to introduce season three, I've actually got a bunch of the episodes already in the can. So, I know some of what you have to look forward to. There are some interesting parts of the conversations that I can share. I wanted to talk a bit to each guest about their own hometowns to see if anything about their relationships to the place they came from have changed since they've gone off and traveled the world, pursued their art, etc. Everybody is from somewhere, so I was interested to ask about that. Also, A little while ago, I went to a Harper's Magazine event hosted by my friend Chris Biha. The event was titled, What Happened to Generation X? And it featured Rachel Kushner and Ethan Hawke in conversation with Chris. It was a really cool event. They said a few things that really stuck with me. Um, One was that Generation X as a whole was skeptical, a bit cynical and distrustful, but held art as pure and untouchable and almost holy. In my experience, that's the case with myself and so many of my friends. Weary of the world, but wildly accepting of songs, films, books as a place where the answers will be found. So I think that was beautifully said. The other thing they said was that Generation X is perhaps loath to be defined as a generation, but there are undeniably world events that people grow up and experience together if they're of a certain age. So I think it was Rachel Kushner that brought up the Vietnam War, Generation X, I think, starts with people born in 1965. So Gen X wouldn't have fought in the war, but it would remember and be affected a lot by its aftermath. And I can relate to that. For one, um, we see this sort of Vietnam hangover in so much music, films, books and in the 70s, like Taxi Driver, Apocalypse Now, The Deer Hunter, etc. And even into the early 80s, um, music, um, Born in the USA, Combat Rock, et cetera. I also remember some personal experiences and having friends, families that were altered by the war in different ways that I didn't understand as well as a child. So I found that that concept fascinating and I asked a few of my upcoming guests about that. In later conversation, something that comes up several times is the new replacement's Tim reissue, the Let It Bleed sessions. You'll have to listen more um, to hear, hear about it, but... It comes up because these new mixes are really cool and they seem to tie in nicely to some of the ideas around this podcast. Um, You know, going back to something and seeing if it's how you remember it. I saw one of the Tim album release shows at the 7th Street Entry in Minneapolis in 1985. I was thinking about the one I saw. Um, There were five shows total that week. And I, I was thinking that the one I saw was the day the record actually came out because I think it was a Tuesday and records come out on Tuesday. I even mentioned that in an episode that I recorded um, yesterday. That you'll hear in a while. But now, now that I look, the Tim record came out a month earlier before those shows. And I must have already had it because I remember being hyped to get it. And I don't think I could have waited a month. But who knows? I was in ninth grade and I, I wasn't for sure on the pulse of things. But I, I do have a fairly, fairly vivid memory of being at Northern Lights Record Store in downtown Minneapolis. and Buying a copy of Tim... But also, um, at the same time, a copy of the Psychedelic Furs LP, Talk, Talk, Talk. Um, That that record was a few few years old by then. I was still catching up with the Furs. But but both of those records remain total and absolute favorites, probably top 10 records for me. And they sit together in my mind somehow, a good day of record buying at least. (laughs) That's how I remember it. So we've got some great episodes coming up. And we've got a few live podcast recordings to tell you about too. First up, as a part of what we're calling First Night on Wednesday, November 29th, the first night of the Hold Steady's annual Massive Nights Weekend in Brooklyn, we'll be having a live podcast event at the Wythe Hotel uh, right across from the Brooklyn Bowl there. I'll be joined by my bandmates in the Hold Steady as well as some very special surprise guests. We'll look back at 20 years of the band, talk about the book, review some of our favorite Massive Nights memories, and preview the week of shows ahead. It's kind of maybe a little bit like if Massive Nights is the Super Bowl, this is the Super Bowl pregame. It's going to be a great way to kick off an amazing weekend. Check out the holdsteady.net for details. And, just announced, we're going to be taking a live podcast taping to the U.K., That's during my tour in early 2024. The tour itself is called This Is What It Looks Like, Solo Songs and Stories. And it'll feature me and just me playing songs and telling stories. I'll be debuting some new music, too. Got a lot of new songs. I'm super excited about this tour. I've wanted to do something like this for a long time. I'll be joined in support by my awesome friend Scott Levine, who I adore both as a person and as an artist. We are going to Belfast, Dublin, Leeds, Glasgow, Manchester, Birmingham, Portsmouth, Bristol, and then end up doing two shows in London, March 1st at the Camden Assembly, which is sold out. So we added a show at the Amazing Moth Club on the evening of Saturday, March 2, and in the daytime hours of March 2nd at 3 p.m. actually, also at the Moth Club, we will be doing a live taping of That's How I Remember It. It'll feature some more surprise guests, good ones. You won't want to miss this. It should be a blast. Come to the live recording. Come to the show. It's going to be amazing, London. Get all details at craigfin.net. Also, it occurs to me, this is what it looks like. The name of the tour sort of works nicely with That's How I Remember It, the podcast name. Did I plan that? I'm not sure. I can't remember. So much to look forward to, and I'm not even telling you all of it. Got to keep some in reserve. I'm looking forward to having you join me here. Thanks for being a part of That's How I Remember It. I really appreciate you. We've got some really great episodes coming up. So stay tuned to That's How I Remember It. Thank you. I'm Craig Finn.